I was upset. I didn't think I had what it takes. It took a while to admit anything was wrong. Diet and exercise sounded intimidating. But small easy goals made it easy to start. Every situation is different. There are many paths to victory, but the end goal is all the same. This is the Weight Loss Podcast with Matt and Courtney, a couple who committed to a strategy and lost a combined 100 kilograms. When it comes to weight loss, you don't just need encouragement, you need a strategy. Hello and welcome back to the greatest podcast in the history of ever. It's the Weight Loss Podcast. I am Matt and with me as always is my beautiful co-host and wife, Courtney. Hello. How are we? Good. Yeah? Yeah. Excellent, how are you? I'm fantastic. Are you ready to crack into it and get get going here? Ready to rock and roll. Right, so this episode we are going to have a discussion about something that comes up all too often with the people that we work with. It's a common problem, one might say a universal problem. The topic of the episode, as you may have probably noticed since you had to click on it to get in here, is why it's okay to be a beginner. And the reason why we are having a discussion about this is just because there's a lot of people, well, actually, everyone puts this unrealistic pressure on themselves to basically get everything right, right from the outset when it comes to the whole process of weight loss and transformation. So be it uh, training in the gym or you know, shopping, cooking, etc., Oh, well, I've done it for a week. Why aren't I a PhD at this? Like, come on. So you've got people that are starting off their journey and they're, and they're, addressing, yeah, they're learning new concepts or learning um, new ways to train, whatever. And they're expecting themselves to pick it up immediately. And if they don't, they're somehow a failure. Well, yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> the fuck? Like, yeah? Yeah. Right. The thing is, a point I want to make here is that let's start with the topic of exercise, training, etc. Now, anyone, and I know this from first-hand experience, that has uh, learned structured weightlifting, for example, like that's a skill. Yes. That's an actual skill. You have to train your body to learn various movement patterns, and that takes fucking practice. Lots and lots and lots. So training with technique is a legitimate skill. Mm. And like most legitimate skills, they take time to pick up, right? But it's the same thing as well with training with intensity. Training with intensity is also a skill. Learning you know, where, where your boundaries are and learning how to push yourself. Absolutely. Because as a beginner, someone who's just starting out, like you can't, you can't be expected to say no know how to push yourself now the way, for example, say I can or the way Courtney can, yet the expectation is somehow there. Mm. And this is an example I'll get into a bit later on personally, but for me, picking up the skill of training with technique and execution and intensity was very difficult for me at the start. Very, very difficult. Less so for Courtney, but for me, like I was god-awful. Yeah. So I'll elaborate more on that a bit later in the show. But something else worth bringing up here, Courtney, is that even food shopping, grocery shopping, and preparation of meals, etc., is also a skill. Yes. So the skill of how do I become more efficient at grocery shopping? Because 
Like, I hate it. Yes. With a passion. Yes. A necessary evil, mind you, so I don't use it as an excuse not to do it. But it's not something I look forward to. But it's the same thing with cooking. Cooking and getting more efficient at cooking methods is also a skill. Mm. You agree? Absolutely. I think that cooking and preparation of your shopping is a big skill for a lot of people. It was for me when I first started, and I'll get into that as well. But it's um, if, if you're not used to doing it, it sounds easy, <laughs> but it is an actual skill. A lot of things, especially with what we do, a lot of things sound or seem easy if they're demonstrated or spoken about by someone who's done it for a long time. Yeah. So in the case of, say, Courtney and myself, like this stuff's muscle memory mm. now. But it wasn't at the start. No. So in my mind, I'll look at this like we're talking about people learning new concepts. So any, any weight loss journey or transformation, etc., is ultimately a discussion about change. And when you talk about change, you also talk about learning new things about yourself, about the whole process involved. Now, to me, when we're talking about these new concepts that we're learning, either about ourselves or the way we think, the way we feel, or the things that we're doing, how, how is this any different to say, for example, when you first started learning to drive a car? Mm. Or how is it any different to when you start a new job or start a new role at, at your company? Well, you've got to pick things up from scratch, don't you? Yeah. Now, let's say, for example, with driving a car, is the expectation there that, okay, today's my first day learning to drive a car, I should be as good as a Formula One driver tomorrow? Yeah, no. Like, what? No, but I think I think this goes back, Matt, what you said about these sort of tasks people think that they should just know or they should just be good at. So it, it's, it's our expectations, I think, a lot of the time that are off. They're way off. And the thing is, you think about it, when... When we are born into the world, what what skills do we have? Crying, sleeping, and eventually pissing and shitting. Like anything else we're good at? No. And we, we, we then develop the, oh, we can breathe. And you then develop the skill of, you know, uh, eating food. Yeah. And it starts to sort of go from there. But when we're talking about weight loss, oh, well, I should know everything from, from the start. Like... No, you fucking shouldn't. No. And I think I think uh, calling them skills, I think, is the best thing as well because a lot of people obviously don't look at something like food shopping as a skill or it food is, preparation as a skill. absolutely a skill. But it is definitely a skill. And if you have never had to do it, then how are you ever going to have learnt it? And it's the same thing with if you've, if you've never had to do it by yourself or if you've never had to do it prepping the, like a certain particular food, then you're not going to know. There's a learning curve. So there is a learning curve. So I think our expectations when it comes to training, to any sort of like forms of exercise and food prepping and shopping, I think our expectations automatically are just that, oh, well, we're adults, so we should know how to do this. Huh. But just like anything else, it is a skill. So I think calling it a skill is the best thing to do because we're reminding our brains that no, this isn't an automatic thing. We actually have to work at this. Yeah, these are, yeah, well said. 
So I think what would be good here, Courtney, is if we really sort of got into some personal examples because I think the best way to illustrate our point with this entire topic is just to talk about the things that we were shit at. Yeah. And how we developed them to be slightly less shit and then competent and then in some cases good, very good, etc. Mm. I have a rather... <laughs> Somewhat of an extensive list because I, in my life, I have this habit where when I'm new to something, aka I'm a beginner, I'm usually complete garbage mm. and I totally suck, but I learn rather quickly and I pick things up. So I'll make my mistakes, I'll get things wrong, I'll fuck things up. And in the past where I used to be like so many people where I make a mistake, oh, I fucked up, I'm a failure. Now I realize, well, I've made a mistake. Great. What do I learn from this? Yeah. What do I learn from this moving forward? How do I apply it? Now, this, this is a universal thing for me. So the, the best example I, and the first example I want to give here with myself being a beginner was when I cast my mind back to when I first ever joined a gym. Mm. Now, you first ever joined a gym, <laughs> I'm sure um, we can all relate to the feeling of being the fish out of water. Yes. Because you walk into a gym and the automatic assumption is, well, I've never been here, so what the fuck what the fuck would I know? <laughs> and I'm surrounded by all these people who apparently know what they're doing. Which as it turns out, that was a mistake. Yes. Uh, but at the time it's like, well, I've never been here. I'm a fish out of water. You got all these people that look better than me and they're just killing it, allegedly. And here's me and in this example, I couldn't even bench press a barbell. So your standard Olympic barbell, uh, 20 kilograms, which is about, what, 40, 45 pounds or thereabouts? Something like that. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I couldn't even bench press that as a male. It was too heavy for me. And not only being too heavy, I had no coordination on you know, where the bar needs to go, how my posture needs to be, mm. uh, you know, tempo um, of execution, range of motion, etc., but that wasn't just a case of, oh, Matt sucked at the bench press. Like, I sucked at every fucking exercise in the gym. I was shit. Like, just completely uncoordinated. Because my body had never been asked to perform the skill of weight training. Hmm. So I sucked ass, is the technical term that we'll use. Where now, you fast forward many years later, I teach this for a living. Yes. I teach this to... Um, you know, your, your, your everyday people as well as other personal trainers. Like I teach weightlifting to other PTs. Yet when I started, I was God fucking awful. Yeah. And couldn't do shit. And even now, and you've even seen it, Courtney, when I, when I attempt new exercises, I, there's a struggle to begin with. Yeah. Especially a lot of the um, unilateral exercises, single-legged, etc., single-arm, like it's a struggle for me. Yes. I get it eventually. Yes. But at the start, you can see I'm clearly a beginner. Yeah? Yes. Next example I want to give personally is um, when I first became or was going through my certification to become a personal trainer. So I found some aspects of that in terms of the theory behind it exceedingly difficult. Mm. Because the, the tests that we, that we were given were largely how well can you remember things. So... It's here's, here's what we're going through in class. Here's your textbooks. Here's what you're, you're studying. You better remember this shit for your test. Yeah. Now, the one that really sticks out to me 
there was a part of the PT course called revolved around what's known as origins and insertions. Mm. So understandably, you might be thinking, what in the hell is this guy talking about? Origins and insertions. It relates to the muscles, the skeletal muscles in your body. Where do they originate from? So what, what joint or what bone they originate from and where do they insert? As in, where do they end? Mm. Uh, and we had, we had to learn origins and insertions because that's about anatomy pretty much from head to toe of every skeletal muscle that we have. So by skeletal muscle, I mean the muscles that are you know, visible beneath the skin, yes, etc. Fuck my life. That was the hardest thing I ever had to try and learn. And I've already forgotten most of it, funnily enough. So that was, um, that was extremely difficult for me because I was a beginner to the theory of anatomy. And that took me some time to pick up. And even though, like I said, I've forgotten many of my origins and insertions, if I'm pressed to remember it, I'm sure I can you know, pull it out there somewhere. But learning it at the start was preposterously hard. I found it very difficult too. <laughs> I, I haven't, from the um, other PTs I've spoken to about that in particular, that appears to be a universal thing for us yeah. in our profession. Uh, I also found very, very difficult to, when I was a beginner um, is just coming to grips with the fact that I have to continually uh, revise my literature in terms of you know, my own sort of professional textbooks, guides, etc. I've got to keep going back to that even now. Always. Mm. Because in some cases, it's a case of like, oh, I've got to remind myself of things that I may have forgotten because we're only human. Yes. Or there's times where I'll revise my literature and it'll be things that I look at from a different perspective. Because I may, you know, I read it last year, I read it the year before, the year before that, but things have changed in that time. And I then read the exact same information and I process it in a different way. Mm. So I think that's probably you know, brought up an idea or a sort of concept in my head. When we're, when we're looking at studying and learning new things and even relearning old things, you can learn, you can take, there's new takeaways you can get from information. So you're not going to say, for example, read something once and go, oh, I've got it. I've got it now. I've read it once. Like, no. I keep revising my literature as a trainer and a coach constantly, year after year after year, and every time from the same material, I get something new. I get something new out of it because I've changed. The way I process and perceive things have changed. So I'm constantly upskilling in that regard. Does that make sense? Yeah. Or am I just talking shit here? No, no, it does. It does. The next example for me in terms of being a beginner, well, how do I coach my own clients? How do I teach people how to do what I used to be fucking awful at? Teaching people in the gym how to lift weights effectively. And it was intimidating as well because you think to yourself, oh, what if I make a mistake? What if I fuck up? What if I give them the wrong advice? That was very, very hard and very confronting. Same thing with when we opened uh, our gym, Courtney. Mm. That was highly intimidating because I was completely out of my comfort zone. And it's like, well, you know, I've moved from a commercial gym to, to my own gym. It's all on me now. And like, it's up to us to do this. And th- there was me, especially myself, because I did, I did you know, a lot of the sort of operational things back then, if you recall. Courtney? Yes. 
you ask yourself, okay, I've got this great gym. How the fuck do I run this? How do I run this? How do I make this an effective, successful business on one hand, but also make it an attractive place for human beings to go to and feel safe and confident? And how do I not go, how do I not go broke doing this? And so there was a gigantic learning curve the entire way through that. But I know now, if I went back now and reopened a gym, like I reckon pretty quickly, like it'd be killing it. Yeah. But at the start, when you've never done it before, like of course you're gonna have to learn the hard way, aren't you? Yes. Another example I want to give personally of, of being a beginner is this very podcast. So we're, we've been going now for, well, we're getting towards two years, Courtney. That's crazy. Whoa. I know. Whoa. I'll just leave it at that. But Courtney, you can, if you can recall, I'm sure, when we were having discussions about theoretically even starting a podcast. Yes. What was my initial podcast idea? Do you remember what it was? I do. Video games and, and sport. No, not sport. No. Video games and weight loss. Oh, yeah. So I thought, oh, let's just combine my two favorite things. And it was you that talked me out of it, saying, oh, you know what, let's just be focused on this and just do the one topic. And you were right. But when we, when we sort of laid out, you know, what, what this show is going to be and who it's going to be for, it's then, okay, great. We've got this concept in our head. Okay, how the fuck do we do this? No idea. So can I ask a question? Multiple choices here. When it came to launching this very podcast, did we, A, having never done it before, knew immediately what to do? We knew how to record. We knew how to produce. We knew how to promote. We knew how to edit. No. Did we know all that from the start because we're adults and we're expected to? (laughs) Or did we know sweet jack shit and get help from people that knew how to do this because they'd done it with experience before themselves? Yeah. Option B, ding, ding, ding. Option B is correct. So what you're saying is we didn't know everything from the start? No. I mean, it takes... There's a lot of... There's a lot that goes into it, just starting a podcast, especially especially if you plan to do it actually for for long term and, and, and a serious podcast. You know, you're not just recording some audio on your phone and uploading it. Well, it's, okay, so the equi- we look at you look at what's evolved with just the, in terms of equipment. Equipment, okay. So, what microphones do we use? Yes. What sound mixer do I use? How do I configure this fucking sound mixer? What software do we use? How do I configure the software? So that we don't sound like shit. Yes. What about intro and outro music? Scripts for that. What about the format for the show? What the hell are we even going to talk about? Yeah. Like we, ha- we had to get coaching for this. We invested in that. And we then practiced, practiced, practiced. So I think, and Courtney, I'm sure you'll agree, now... Almost two years into it, we are far better at this podcasting gig than we were twelve months ago or eighteen months ago. Absolutely. But then, where will we be twelve months from now? I was going to say we're still learning as well. You're always still learning things that we're learning and that we're being told that feedback we're getting and things like that, and that's all helpful to us because it's learning and we can put that into action to make it even better. Yep. So yeah, def- definitely a learning curve, but again, it's a new skill now that we both have. And that that just made me think as well. What about when you and I individually, before, well before podcasting, when we were learning, for example, how to write blogs? Mm. That was actually a math, that's an example for you, I think. Yeah. 
um, being a beginner at writing blogs and actually connecting with people. Um, and the most recent one I want to give for me personally and the last one, because I'll shut up and let the star of the show talk. Uh, the most recent one for me is I, for many, many years, wanted to learn kickboxing. It's just something that I've always had a passion for. But to be you know, brutally honest and upfront, for the last couple of years, I've believed my own bullshit as to why I couldn't do it. I'm, I'm working, I'm too busy with my work, you know, insert fucking horse crap here. And then recently I said to Courtney, I'm going, I'm just going, is that okay? Yep, do it, okay, cool. And I just went. And as I've been learning, since I've started at, well, gee, just over a month ago? A month, yeah. Wow. Everything I'm good at in the gym means nothing in there. So my ability to be a fantastic bench presser counts for squat. My squatting ability counts for nothing. My strength counts for nothing. And the coordination involved, like I am comically bad at some things. Hilariously bad. Like we've got to get some video of this, put it that way. <laughs> some things are improving as, as I've spoken to Courtney about. Like every time I go, I notice an improvement in something. But I can very, very quickly see, and I really like this personally, that I'm starting from the ground floor. And this is a very, 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 very tall building. And it's actually a, a humbling, refreshing experience to walk into something and know that, you know what? I'm the worst person in this fucking room at this. I actually like that. Because for me, it's now has actually kept me grounded. Like, you know what? I'm a beginner at this and that's a-okay. Because everyone is at something when you first start. And so I'm going through learning more and more and more things and getting better gradually. And I can see where the progression is going to be. And I'm excited by that. But I've got to earn it. Don't I? Yes. So at the moment, I'm a complete beginner at that. And I personally now, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I'm loving the feeling of developing a skill again mm. and learning from other people because I've spent so much time teaching other people that it's good to go back and go, you know what? It's my turn to be a beginner again or something. Yeah, but I think I think for a lot of people that, that is the hard part because naturally it doesn't come that as natural though for a lot of people to be happy about not being good at something. I think naturally a lot of us have this instinct of, well, we just want to know it and we just want to know it now. I'm glad you said that. And I think the reason why that is, is because people are so focused on the destination. Mm. They don't think about the journey involved to get there and they actually lose out on the, on the fun and the satisfaction that the journey actually brings. Yeah. I th I th and I think this goes back to expectations too. It, it's just... A lot of people just aren't willing to embrace the process of learning a new skill. They just want to know it and they just want to know it now. And so that comes back to an expectations thing as well. And it bites you on the bum, doesn't it? It does. But I'll go through a couple of my examples that I put down of things that I was not good at yeah. uh, in the beginning. So Shopping. Sh shopping and cooking were definitely not good for me. Uh, the exercise I found I picked up rather well yeah you were 
Courtney was unusually good because um, she'd never done weights when we first met. But when I started teaching her various exercises, like you picked it up seriously a hundred times faster than I did. Yeah. So that that part of things I I actually enjoyed, and I some people are naturals at certain things, and you were natural at that. Definitely. Yeah. But the shopping and the cooking, I was definitely not a natural at. So at and we the know time, why, don't we? at the time I met Matt and started making these changes in my in my lifestyle, I was still living at home. So I was eating a lot of food with my family that my family had prepared. And so I just never really cooked very much growing up. We would eat takeaway quite a lot. So there was just not that, not that much cooking done. I had a job where I was out and about on the road a lot. So I would pick up takeaway a lot for lunches and things like that. So the idea of going shopping and cooking my own food was quite intimidating for me it was quite scary but it was a new skill that I had to learn so I had to learn how to go to the shops and select you know which chicken do I get you know it's just something really simple like that like do do I what's the difference between a thigh chicken and breast fillet chicken like if you've never had to go to the shop and buy it yourself, then you don't really know what the difference is. Well, you're presented with just this overwhelming array of choice. Yes. As well. And I think there's also part of it, part of shopping is um, the skill of not living in the bloody supermarket. Yes. Well, Getting that's right. Getting as fast as you can. It's also working out how to maybe alter recipes uh, to make more of it. So, you know, double everything. So I need double of this, double of this, double of this, or or so on and so forth. So it's it, it was definitely a big learning experience and a skill for me. I've definitely come a long way with that. So when I first started cooking, I could not deviate from the, the recipe at all. If it said it to put it in, in, in the recipe, I was putting it in. But now, and as I've got more confident with my cooking... I'm still not the best cook in the world and I still don't enjoy it. And this is another thing as well to remember, just because you develop a skill from being a beginner doesn't necessarily mean that suddenly you're going to like it. It just means that now you're better at it. So it takes less time. So I still don't <laughs> like cooking, yeah. but you're I'm much better at better it. At it. Yeah, so I've now got to the stage where I can look at a recipe and I can change it to suit my dietary requirements and your tastes. And my tastes. There's certain things that I can't have and, and things like that. So there's, I don't eat garlic and onion. There's garlic and onion in a lot of recipes. Yeah. So I just figure out alternatives to take those out, but I'm going to replace it with adding flavor from here or from here. Or, or, or sometimes in recipes, I don't need to replace that flavor because there's still so much flavor in the dish. So I'm able to look at a recipe now and be able to, to modify those sort of things. Now, I would never have done that at the start, ever, ever, ever. If it didn't say to do it in the recipe, it wasn't happening. But that that's where I've been, I've been able to learn a new skill, practice that skill over many years, and now I'm okay with it. I'm not releasing a cookbook anytime soon. But I'm okay at it. Well, you're good enough for what you need. But I'm also, good enough for what I need. your time management in the kitchen is a lot better now. You get more done in less time. Yes, yes. And you do And you do get in the kitchen now and it is sort of automatic for me to think about, okay. And, and I know also I've got to the point as well where I have the skill not only to be able to time management, Matt, but also to have 
a very, very good idea on how long things are going to take. Yeah. So yep. I don't get caught half cooking something and realize, shit, I've got to go. Mm. I know before I start cooking things how long that's going to take me to do. And if I don't think that I've got the right amount of time, I'm not going to start it. You've earned your stripes. So that that is a skill that I've had to develop. Mm. Another one was definitely, as you spoke about, Matt, I won't go into it too much, but definitely becoming a PT and training people was de- definitely difficult for me at the start as well. And I think the biggest thing for me was actually training people in nutrition. That was that was really difficult for me. Mm. I always felt like that I didn't know enough to be able to give people advice on this sort of stuff. Like I was only just beginning myself. You know, how can I tell coach other people in this but also if you recall you were also constantly comparing yourself to me who had years of experience ahead of you yes so you were constantly saying oh well I'm not as good as you like mate I've got a head start yeah definitely (laughs) so that was a skill also that I had to develop over time and that was just pushing through my own fears and continually doing it and also comparing yourself to others yes that was holding you back with that as well yes you didn't really, when you think about it, you really didn't accept yourself being a beginner PT. No. You sort of got into it expecting yourself to be me straight off the bat, yet I wasn't me when I first started. Yeah. And I'll be good again three years from now, like much better than I am now. Like it's, it's continual growth, but you came into it thinking, well, I should be as good as Matt straight away. Yeah, and like, again, that comes no. back to my expectations were completely off. And the the other thing related to my own transformation that I've always been terrible at is recording my food. Data collection for me is a skill that is an ongoing working progress mm. for me. Um, but again, that's a, that's a skill in itself as well. See, these little things that people will take for granted that they don't think are skills are skills. Oh yeah, for sure. And they're, they're skills that need to develop into habits and it's, it's a process, even for the most basic of tasks that you think, you know, is easy, but it needs to develop into a skill and it needs to develop into a habit. And Matt, yeah. you mentioned the, the blogs. The blogs for me were a massive problem. When you first start, asked me to, if I could start writing for our website, it was no. <laughs> yes, that's correct. That was the answer. Yes. I'm not a confident writer. I've always been much more of a confident speaker than I have been in writing. Mm. Um, I, I always struggled with writing. So to to even start that process was really hard for me. And then to be able to have to embrace the fact that, yeah, I wasn't great at it. And, that, and that's always hard for me, my personality to embrace. I'm not like Matt in the way where I see not being good at something is a challenge and I... And, you know, I just want to get in there and, and go for it. I I have more of the personality trait. Everyone's got their own personality traits, but I am more on the side of I don't like not to be good at things. It's not a comfortable feeling for me. It's not something I get excited about. I've learned to deal with it now, but that's taken years and years and years in itself to develop that skill mm. of having be able to set expectations for myself that are realistic and be able to start start I'm still not comfortable with it and I don't think I'll ever be comfortable with it because it's part of who I am it's part of my personality but I've started to be able to become more and more comfortable with the idea of okay I'm not good at that how do I get good at it 
Whereas before, it was a really, really uncomfortable feeling for me. I didn't like it. I would either then avoid doing stuff that I wasn't good at it altogether. Um, or yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned that. Sorry to interrupt. But how common is that? I'm not good at this. I'm going to avoid doing it. Yeah. How the fuck are you going to improve? And it, Well, it comes from that, that place where if you've got that personality trait where you are not comf- comfortable with that sort of situation, then yeah, you're going to run away from it. So there's people that are comfortable with, as you said, Matt, you're, you're now comfortable with the situation of, okay, I'm not good at this. How do I get good at this? And this is obviously part of your personality trait because... Yeah, but it never used to be. That's no. the thing. I used to run away from things as well. You can develop it. And I, and I think it also that having that ability to be able to embrace not being good at something and work on it also comes down to your to your confidence level. So I, th- I think that they're both yeah, but directly how you, related. How do you develop your confidence level? You develop it by doing. Correct. So there's an action. There has to be actions there. But again, I... I <laughs> you can't just sit there and go, oh, I choose to be confident now. No, but I think, <laughs> I think the point I really want to make is that I'm still not completely confident, uh, comfortable in situations where I'm not good at something. So it's not something that... And I've been working on this for years and years and years. So... It's not something that I can sit here and say, oh yeah, just be confident and and just be a doer. That's a lot of bullshit. And you're yeah. going to be happy about not being good at stuff. I'm still not happy about not being good at stuff. It's still a very uncomfortable feeling for me. Well, the thing is, can I just say, it always will be. Yes. Because it is for me too. I just accept that it's okay. Yes. That's that's the big thing. Like I'm, like I mentioned before, my, my kickboxing lessons that I'm taking like I am well out of my comfort zone with that mm. I'm just accepting of it now yeah. and I'm accepting of the fact that you know what I'm shit at this I've got to learn this I'm not very good at this and that's fine mm. because funnily enough everyone starts as the beginner so I don't think that you're ever going to get to the stage where you just smash it and you're comfortable and confident as a beginner, you are going to be uncomfortable and you're going to be a little bit like, oh, geez, what's going on here? I, like for me, I just accept it Yeah. now. It's just like, well, this is, this is, I accept it as part of the process. Yeah. This has to happen. That makes sense? It does. So let's move into tips we want to give because we have battled on quite a bit there. Yes. Now... We only have a couple of tips to give because we only need to give a couple of tips with this. Can I start with the first tip? Yes. All right. Ready for it? Drum roll. Okay. We haven't, oh, got, sorry. The effect, we haven't got the effect of the drum roll. Sorry. <laughs> um, hey, it's okay to be a beginner. That's the first tip I want to give for yourself. It's okay to start from scratch. It's okay to be a beginner and to, to walk in from the ground floor. Tip number one. Yeah? Yes. Courtney? Tip number two. Be realistic with the pressure you put on yourself. As in, so what you're saying is don't expect yourself to master it from day one. No. Oh. What a shock. No. You want to elaborate on that? Well, I think I think this comes down to expectations. So mm. you have to be you have to have realistic expectations. And reasonable. On where you're at and the fact that these are skills and I think as well that is where a lot of people trip up is that they think that tasks like 
learning how to do their cardio effectively is not a skill. Yeah, it's an absolute skill. It is a skill. So I think that the biggest mistake a lot of people make is they don't look at these things as, as skills. And that is definitely goes part of this. You must, must, must look at these things that you're trying to incorporate into your life as skills. It doesn't matter in the back of your mind how silly they, it sounds to you or how easy it is for other people. Who gives a shit? For you, it's difficult. For you, it's not a habit and it needs to become one. So for you, it's a skill. And you need to start looking at these things as skills because that sets an expectation of, okay, this is going to take effort into learning. If you're setting it as, I should just know this, then you're setting yourself up for a really long, hard process because, no, you shouldn't just know this. And now you've just told your brain that this should be easy because you should just know this. And now your brain just thinks, oh, well, why don't you know this? And now you've just put a massive amount of pressure on yourself. And that's just going to keep manifesting. Which also, that doing that as well takes away the enjoyment of the journey. It takes away the enjoyment of learning more about yourself mm. and about what you're doing. That's where I think like it's easy to be so unrealistic with the pressure and the expectations on yourself from the beginning that you rob yourself of the, the true enjoyment in this of feeling yourself improving because there's legitimate, genuine satisfaction to knowing, you know what? I'm not where I want to be, but I'm taking steps forward. Yes. It's a fucking great feeling. Yes. I think people rob themselves of that feeling because they think, well, I should be at the destination now. Yes. Okay. Um, You had a point here, Courtney, about goal setting. Yeah. This is the last one I think is really important to cross over into this topic where goal setting is super important for many, many reasons. And this is just another one of those reasons why goal setting is so important. So goal setting will obviously avoid getting distracted as you go through this process of learning new skills and, 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 and learning your way through being a beginner at something. So goal setting is super important. And remember when we talk about goal setting, you can go back and listen to our goal setting episode. It's not, I'm not just talking about your final goal. That's actually the last thing I'm talking about. I'm talking about you've set your final goal, you've gone through and you've made some procedural goals or some, some short-term goals to help you get there. And then you've gone from your short-term goals into setting even smaller goals like... Like that today. I'm going... Week week. Yes, I'm going yeah. to get good at shopping. I'm going to focus on that skill and I'm going to get good at it. And minimize the time spent doing it. Correct. Or I'm going, I'm not very good at cooking, so I'm going to pick five new recipes this week and try them all. Practice, 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 yes. So these are, these are a sm- really small goals in the grand scheme of what you really want to happen, mm. but these are the most important goals. So these are what's going to keep avoid you getting distracted because it's so easy for our brains to switch on that, well, I just want it to happen now thing that we can get distracted so easily. So you really need to stay on track by having really, really good goals set in place. As Matt said, embrace these things that you're not good at. Make sure that you're calling them skills because they are skills yeah. and you're focusing on them, which is the, the, what is going to get you to your big goal. But we get so distracted by our big goal and how much we want it to happen now that that's where we, it goes back to putting that unrealistic pressure on ourselves. Mm. If that makes sense. It makes total sense. 
Perfect. I reckon that's a wrap. Well, I hope that be helpful. Uh, yep, fingers crossed that's helped. We, we do strive to give the most value possible. So I think we'll call that an episode. Yes. I think um, we've got a couple of emails and messages to hit, but I think we'll hit that um, in coming episodes. Perfect. So fingers crossed this has given you some assistance in something. Um, if you want to give us some feedback on how you're going to move forward with being a beginner and being okay with that, please email us at podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com. We would love to hear from you. Yes. You can also message us through our Facebook page, funnily enough, titled The Weight Loss Podcast. It is. What a shock. So this is us signing off. You have yourself a good one and we'll speak to you soon. Bye. Get more free tips, listen to previous episodes and contact Matt and Courtney at theweightlosspodcast.com.